He's a gentleman in that way. He will not impose himself. He simply whispers and invites, I want your life to be more. I want you to experience the most amazing things. And really what I want to encourage all of you is to respond to that invitation by stepping in with obedience to the simple teachings. You probably have had someone in your life who encouraged you to be better. Maybe it was a teacher or a neighbor. Maybe it was someone in your family. Whoever it was, they wanted you to flourish. That's exactly what God wants for you too. But he's not pushy about it. Today, Pastor Daniel explains that God is a gentleman. He respects your choices, but he's always inviting you into more. He wants the best for you because he loves you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Deuteronomy chapter 28 as he continues his message, Blessings and Curses. Jesus is Let's open up in our Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. We're picking up in the middle of this kind of nasty chapter. And I call it a nasty chapter because really chapters 27 and 28, you put them together and they we're calling this blessings and cursings. And the idea is, is that God wants to bless. Our God, the God of creation, the God who created everything, he's a God of blessing and he wants to bless each one of us. But the thing is, is God also realizes that he can't just bless us. We need to respond to him. And when we respond to God, then we can experience his blessings. But if we don't respond to him, of course, we experience the opposite of blessings, which is curses. And the problem is, is that even though we're presented with blessings and curses, and we know that one is good and the other is bad, what you end up finding is that oftentimes we choose the curses. It's in our own lives, and of course we find it in the life of the children of Israel. The entire scope of the Old Testament, and even into the New Testament, shows that God presents before his people blessings and curses, And even though people know they'd rather have blessings, they still choose curses. And so really in these chapters here, and especially as we saw in our previous message, we took the first 29 verses of Deuteronomy chapter 28, we had a number, like 15 or so, 14 verses about blessings. And all the things in there are good. And then you end up having, for the rest of the chapter, about 50 verses about curses. Now, I want to put this up front because I realize that not everyone's been listening to this whole series, and that's the fact that the Old Covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, is what we call a conditional covenant. What it means is that God says, this is what I'm offering you, and if you do this, you're going to experience this, and if you don't do this, this is what you're going to experience. And so there are conditions that are tied into their experience of the covenant, and This side of the cross of Jesus Christ, this side of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and putting our faith and trust in Jesus, the new covenant is what you would call an unconditional covenant. Now, I think this is important because an unconditional covenant, what it means is that God realizes that we can't keep the covenant. 
that even if there are conditions, we're gonna fail at keeping the conditions. So God erects an unconditional covenant, which says, I know that you're prone to fail and what I wanna do in your life, it can't be thwarted because it's unconditional. It's not dependent upon how you act. So it's important that we put that center stage because we're not living before the finished work of Jesus. We're living after it. So we want to make sure as we're seeing these blessings and curses that we're not thinking to ourselves, okay, this applies to me the exact same way it did to the children of Israel because it doesn't. Now, at the same time, I think this is super important that you realize that us choosing to be obedient has a major profound impact on your experience of God. That if you choose to follow the Lord, and you do your life in the way that God prescribes, you're going to experience all that God is for you in Christ. And if you choose not to live in the way that God says, this is how I want you to live, then you're not going to get to experience all that God is for you in Christ. That there will be a whole realm of experiences spiritually for you that you are forfeiting because you're not choosing to live in the way that God prescribes. Now, by putting that out there for you, I think what's really important for all of us to grab hold of is that God will honor the decisions that we make for good or for bad. He's a gentleman in that way. He will not impose himself. He simply whispers and invites, I want your life to be more. I want you to experience the most amazing things. And really what I want to encourage all of you is to respond to that invitation by stepping in with obedience to the simple teachings of God's word. It's that simple. I just had this, you know, I love my kids. My kids are endless sermon illustrations. It's just a beautiful thing because I see myself in my kids. You know, so my little Annabelle, she's three. She's definitely like certifiably nuts at this point. You know, she's like, she's just like her own person. And she's so funny because Annabelle wants what she wants. And even if we tell her no, she just wants what she wants. So for whatever reason, Annabelle has really taken to the taste of conditioner that you put in your hair. Like for whatever reason, like Annabelle gets like, it's like a Hershey kiss. So like, I, know I, I love my little girl. I call her my little face. Why? Because she got a little face. You know, it's like, oh, my little face. You don't want to be eating that condition. That's nasty. Right? She'd be like, no, I like it. Right? So now, but I'm her dad and I love her. I know she likes it. And I think it's sick that she likes it, but she likes it. You know, and I'm like, no, listen, sweetie, I'm going to take that. And she throws a fit, a temper tantrum. It's like we have a serious geopolitical situation. You know, and she's freaking out. And I take this conditioner bottle and I stick it way up high in the pantry, right? And I'm like, okay, so we're fine. And so all of a sudden you can't find Annabelle. And where's Annabelle? She's climbing the pantry. She's up at the top trying to, and I want to be like, listen, if you're going to be like this, at least do it for like a Reese's peanut butter cup. You know, it's like, this is for conditioner. Like this is nasty, but she wants what she wants. And she gets upset when she can't have it. She gets upset when Papa says no. But the reason Papa says no is because you're supposed to wash your hair with that stuff. You're not supposed to ingest it. Does it make sense? And in the same way, that's us. We're all like my crazy three-year-old. Our Papa says, I have something better for you. 
If you want to eat, you want to treat, I have something more tasty, more delicious, and you're willing just to eat conditioner. And I'll be honest with you, at some point, I'm going to show my daughter Annabelle's future husband videos of her eating that conditioner. And I'll be like, she's all yours, buddy. But that's a side note, you know. That's, that's the joy of being a parent. Now, you kids, listen, your parents got all sorts of stuff on you. You just have to know that they do that stuff. And I think this is great. Anyway, let's jump in. Let's jump in before I get too derailed. We're picking up in Deuteronomy 28, verse 30. And we're right in the middle of talking about all these curses. So we are jumping into a nasty section, okay? So we're going to jump in and we're going to see where we land. It says this in verse 30. It says, you shall betroth a wife, but another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not gather its grapes. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Your donkey shall be violently taken away from before you and shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies and you shall have no one to rescue them. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people and your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long. And there shall be no strength in your hand. A nation whom you have not known shall eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labor, and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually. So you shall be driven mad because of the sight which your eyes see. Verse 35, the Lord will strike you in the knees and on the legs with severe boils which cannot be healed. And from the sole of your foot to the top of your head, the Lord will bring you and the king whom you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. And you shall become an astonishment a proverb and a byword among all the nations where the Lord will drive you. You shall carry much seed out to the fields, but gather little in, for the locusts shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and tend to them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for the olives shall drop off. You shall beget sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. Locusts shall consume all your trees and the produce of your land. The alien who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head and you shall be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. And they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder and on your descendants forever. I told you, this is a nasty section, isn't it? See, we moved from more kind of general experiences of the curses that would come from disobedience, and now we roll into all these specific examples. And each one of these examples, what you end up with is what you would expect or hope for is not what you get. 
right? And so in all these different specific examples, whether it's you're betrothed to a wife, but another man shall lie with her. So it's like you're engaged, but then another man is going to be with your wife. Things like you shall build a house, but you shall not. So you build a house, but someone else ends up dwelling in it, right? You plant a vineyard, but you shall not gather its grapes. See, really what goes on is that when we don't honor the Lord, what happens is that there's a role we don't get to enjoy the fruit of the life that we would want. And I think that when I read this whole thing and it's kind of depressing, I think there's a lot of us here right now or part of one of our campuses, part of the internet campus, maybe you're hearing this on the radio or on the television later, and you're saying to yourself, you know what, that's kind of my life. Everything that I want, everything that I try and accomplish, it always gets thwarted, right? And the next question should be, well, listen, are you seeking to honor the Lord in the way that you live? That has to be the question. Now, Not always when you honor the Lord do you get everything you want either. And I think I need to say that because I think oftentimes people struggle with their walk with Jesus because they think if I walk with Jesus, my marriage is going to be perfect and my health is going to be perfect and my figure is going to be perfect and my bank account is going to be perfect and I'm going to get every promotion I ever wanted and my five-year plan is going to happen in three and a half years and my 10-year plan is going to happen in six years and I'm never going to die and I'm never going to get a gray hair and everything's going to be perfect. And that sounds wonderful, but we don't live in fairyland. You know, it's not a fairy tale. It's like real life and life happens. But it is important that we always make sure that we let the Holy Spirit search our hearts. Because what we always are reminded is that every day is a journey and every day is a day to say yes to Jesus. In every situation, it's an opportunity where Jesus says, I have set before you life and death. Will you choose life? And at every moment, our job, whatever that step is, is simply say, God, I'm choosing you. And I know because you are the way, the truth, and the life, I'm going to follow after you. But we have to be willing to ask the tough questions. I think the biggest problem we have is we don't ask honest questions and we really don't want honest answers. And if we don't ask honest questions of the Lord, God's not going to give us those honest answers. He's not going to impose those things upon us. And so you have to ask yourself, in looking and taking an inventory of your life, am I following the Lord? Am I seeking to honor the Lord? See, if you think about the life of the children of Israel, they ended up experiencing all of these things legitimately. Like, these are experiences that they had. And at any given point, if they would have said, Lord, we're experiencing all the curses that we heard about in Deuteronomy 28, Lord, Will you help me to change my ways? How different would their history have been? And if we see that, then we should ask ourselves, Lord, can I live in such a way now that I can experience all that you are for me in Christ? And at every given point, like, we have to learn how to amend our ways. You know, and God's been really speaking to me about this. I mean, I know for my own personal life, like, I've been following Jesus for about 20 years now, you know, and I'm a pastor, and really easy as a pastor, you can think to yourself, you know, I kind of got this thing together. You know, like, I'm walking with Jesus, but God is constantly saying, Daniel, no, 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 listen, I want to do a work in your heart. And maybe you don't have all these outward things that, you know, someone would be like, well, you shouldn't be a pastor, you're acting that way. But once maybe the outward things are cleansed, there's all the inward stuff. And it's like your heart is like an onion. You know, there's always another layer 
Every layer comes with some tears. You know, and once you get through one set of things, there's the next set of things that God is wanting to work on in your life. And sometimes we can do the right thing with the wrong heart. And praise God we did the right thing, but God wants us to have the right heart in doing the right things. Sometimes we do the wrong thing, but we have the right heart. And God wants, he acknowledges that our heart was right, but he's like, but we're going to work on how you're doing that. You know what I mean? And at each step of the journey, each season of the journey, there is something else God wants for us to learn. God wants to grow each one of us up. Some of you have been walking with the Lord for, you're like, oh, 20 years. I've been walking with the Lord for 60 years. Today's just another day to simply respond to Jesus. You never get this thing dialed. The purpose of life is figuring out how to do life in Christ. And so no matter where you are today, let God amend your ways by his spirit. Let him say, this is what I want you to, this is what I want to do in you right now. This is the step that I want you to take so that we don't experience all of these things. I mean, we hear about your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes and you shall not eat of it. I mean, in that culture, an ox, a beast of burden, you had to be very wealthy to have one. And the fact that that thing being slaughtered before your eyes, you're not being able to partake of it, that was a complete opposite of what you would expect. Things of your sons and daughters shall be given to another people and your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long and there'll be no strength in your hand. The idea of not getting to even enjoy your family where your family now is being broken apart. Verse 33, a nation whom you have not known shall eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labor and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually. You read about Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles. You read these books and you find the children of Israel, because of their rebellion, is constantly being pressed in by different people, whether it's the Assyrians or the Midianites or, or the Canaanites. And then ultimately you have the Assyrians come on in and you have the Babylonians come on in. If you were with us, as we've been studying the book of Daniel, we talked about the Babylonians and the Medo-Persians and the Greeks and the Romans. Right? So they're experiencing, the children of Israel experienced the outgrowth, the effect of their rebellion, where they're having all of these issues. And because of that, it says, you shall be driven mad because of the sight which your eyes see. I mean, what a tragic statement that we see there in verse 34, that literally what they're experiencing and what they're seeing around them is literally going to make them undone emotionally and mentally. And in a lot of ways, unfortunately, I see this in our culture right now. We are so inundated with horrific images and ideas that literally our culture is becoming undone emotionally and mentally. We see it every single day. You have to realize, it's something that I've been really sensitive to because I see it in my own life. There's an old saying that says, garbage in, garbage out. I'm here to tell you, you put negativity and divisiveness in, you're going to get it out of you. The studies, there's psychological researches that people who watch 10 minutes of aggressive political TV commentary in the morning are 80% less happy than people who don't. Literally, like, go look it up. The morning news, because our news media is salacious, you know, pain sells, horror sells, people are way less happy because you're putting that in the morning and then you're living it out all day. But you know, it's funny. There's also research. If you don't check in on technology at all 
and you just say hi to everybody in the morning, you're going to be way happier just by being cheerful. Because what you put in, you're going to get out. In the same way, if I go on an all-Twinkie diet, which sounds so awesome, if that's what you put in, I'm going to end up looking like a Twinkie. My skin's going to be a little yellow. I'll be creamy on the inside. You know, and if you don't believe me, I mean, there was a great, it wasn't a great documentary. It was kind of terrifying, that Super Size Me documentary that came out a number of years ago where a guy did 30 days of only eating McDonald's. And he had to eat everything. And literally, like, they were taking blood tests before he started. And two weeks into him, he was beginning liver failure. It's horrific. Why? Because, and his whole body, he started being, he was kind of lean and muscular. And two weeks in, he's getting fat and flabby. He's amotivated. He's breaking out with all, and it's like, you're why? And it's like that, like, but that's cause and effect, isn't it? And so my friends, listen, your life is your own. But if you find yourself being negative, if you find yourself being angry, if you find yourself being, every time you meet someone, you're a device, you got to ask yourself, what am I putting in? Because whatever you put in, you get out. And that's why it says in the book of Philippians that whatever thing is noble, whatever thing is lovely, whatever thing is praiseworthy, whatever thing is of good report, meditate on these things. That's why I always encourage you, man, you should begin your day by looking into the eyes of God and opening up God's word. Read some Psalms. Read the Gospels. Read the writings of Paul and the wisdom literature and get built up and then spend some time in prayer. And then when you go into your shower, put on some praise music and find praise welling up in your heart. There's no better way to begin your day than by getting built up because either things are building you up, edifying you, or they are diminishing you and tearing you down. And let's be honest, by the time you move out into the world, there are so many negative people and so many things go wrong and you go to your job and your boss is riding you and you're busy and all this stuff goes on. And if you don't build yourself up to start today, you are gonna be running on empty before noontime. That's why we start running to get those donuts. We run again get some extra coffee. We like want to tune out and we're supposed to be working, but we're binge watching goofy videos on YouTube because we're tapped out. The beauty of an information saturated culture is that we're saturated with information and the downside of an information saturated culture is we have not had enough time to learn how to process so much information. You realize that you spending 25 minutes watching YouTube or watching videos on Facebook, it's so much more stimulation than somebody had 50 or 100 years ago before there was a television. So there's, again, there's benefits. I'm not saying it's all bad, but what I am saying is that you see this madness starting to grip our culture. People don't know how to talk to someone who disagrees with them anymore. I know it's unfortunate, is it's true for the body of Christ as well. Like, the ability to love someone you disagree with, which is core to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus loved us who were rebels against him. So much so he'd give his own life, self-sacrificially. And we don't even know how to talk to someone who has a different religious belief than we do. We don't learn that from our Bible. We learn that from our culture. Jesus is real. You are what you eat. Garbage in, garbage out. There are all kinds of sayings about how what we take in changes us. Today, Pastor Daniel shared that our culture has become undone because of all the things it's taking in. He encouraged you to do a self-check. If you're feeling angry or negative or divisive, 
Ask yourself what you're putting into your mind. What are you watching? What are you listening to or reading? He encouraged you to start your day with the truth found in God's Word. That's the best foundation you can have. Everyone needs a little encouragement to get through their day, and we have a way to provide that for you. Pastor Daniel has some excellent advice, truth, and love to share in his two-minute messages available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the social media links to find them. You won't be disappointed, and your day just might get a little brighter. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus Is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore His people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus Is Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel will continue to work through the list of things that will happen to the Israelites if they choose not to follow God. You'll see that they won't experience shalom, God's universal flourishing, if they go their own way. They'll miss out on the overwhelming blessings God has for them. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Cause and Effect. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.